in what will change higher education as we know it. The United States Supreme Court has decided that colleges and universities can no longer take race into consideration as a specific basis for granting admission. It is a landmark decision overturning a policy that has been employed for decades that has, at least on the surface, benefited black and Latino students in higher education at the expense of Asian and white students. All across the country, debates between and among students, faculty, administrators, and the general public have raged. And that's exactly why we're bringing that debate to you. I'm Dr. Frank Luntz, and this is America Speaks here at Straight Arrow News. Amy, affirmative action, good or bad? Um, anymore, I think it's bad. I think it was very important uh, when it was uh, started, but I think that it's run its course. Why do you feel that way? I just think that you can look around uh, at society and see people of all colors and races in all positions from top to bottom. And um, I, I don't think that anybody needs the extra protection now that they may have used uh, needed before. Khalid, you feel that way? 100%. People are, uh, it's almost like taking the training wheels uh, when you're teaching your, your son or daughter how to ride a bike and you're afraid to let go. This is how I feel the, the, the majority of progressives treat Black people, as if we are toddlers trying to ride our bicycles. We are going to be fine. Black people can make it on a merit-based system. This isn't 1965 anymore. And I think this is a crutch, a mental crutch, more than anything else. So I don't think it deserves to, uh, to still be in place. Jason, does it deserve to be in place? I think so. I think we can get to a place where we might not need it anymore. I'm not sure we're at that time now. I think um, there's a real value in university student populations reflecting the community that they're in. And a lot of universities don't hit those marks right now. Alec, you agree with Jason or disagree? I agree with him. Tell me why. Uh, because um, the new generation, as as time goes by, the new generation is more educated about equality and other races. So we're going through a progression. It, sometimes it goes slow, sometimes it goes a little faster. But the good news is that um, the newer generation, generation now in this country are less prejudiced and um, they have learned to accept other races. And so how does that impact affirmative action? Well, uh, affirmative action, it's about uh, equality for all races and all religions and all that. So it is going to affect it in a positive way. Derek, do we need um, to admit students based on their race? Derek. I'm, 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 I'm mildly conflicted about, about, about this, this particular uh, opinion from the, uh, the United States Supreme Court, but I do think that uh, the decisions from the United States Supreme Court are generational based. And I do think that we need to re re revise some considerations to allow other groups, other racial groups, the opportunity to be able to compete for those admissions. Uh, because you have a whole different group of people that are, they feel like they're not even at the table. They don't even have, uh, you know, an opportunity. So I do think that uh, to some extent, we do need to consider revising, you know, college admissions uh, to accommodate other 
groups of, uh, you know, I don't even like the word minority, but other groups of uh, individuals who have been left out of uh, the opportunities to pursue higher education. Rick, you're from Arizona. What do we do with affirmative action? Uh, it outlived its purpose. Uh, I believe in a merit-based system. Um, affirmative action to me, I mean, I'm 57. Um, my mom instilled in me to go to school, get an education. She strived to be the best in us in society and when we get older in life to succeed. And I did it on my, on my own through my grade, through my schooling and through education. I have my degree and affirmative action to me has outlived this, like I said, his purpose. It should be a merit-based system. You're best qualified to get into the schools. That's the way I look at it. David, I see you nodding your head in the other direction. Tell me why. Um, I don't, I think it's a fallacy that our country is based on merit anymore. When, when, when we got 5% of the uh, country controlling half the nation's wealth and the other half of the country can't put $400 together in, in an emergency, it's, it's not merit-based anymore. Um, there's probably less than four Fortune 500 companies led and owned by African-Americans. Um, my my great-grandmother was alive during slavery. I and mean, we forget slavery slavery was, was a minute ago, basically. Our nation is incredibly young. And, and we have a lot to, 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 to get over. Now, what I am for is sunset provisions on affirmative action. And I also think with, 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 with education, it's not just about raising certain people up for the opportunity of, of education. It's to make sure that not everyone in our school is the same. I, I don't want my daughter to go to a school that's all white people. And there's a benefit to diversity for all of us. Ali, he makes a good point about diversity, doesn't he? <laughs> uh, um, you know, I think, I don't think so. Um, I think that what people are missing here is this. What type of society are we aspiring to be? You say we don't have a merit-based system. Okay, well, would you like to have one? And also, at what point, in what year, in what century, are we going to say enough of these past policies that don't appear to really help anybody? I think what helps us is if we get rid of this race conscious, uh, race obsession that we have. The fundamentals of the Supreme Court decision were Asians were not being awarded admissions based on their applications and their merit. That was the issue. Mm -hmm. So the school wasn't practicing merit-based policies when they should have been. And the court says, you're not doing it. So we, we, we're we losing focus on what this decision actually meant. So let's get back to discipline, structure, and respect for people's abilities, not crippling people with race-based, I feel sorry for you type of policies. Coming from, from my community, we've seen this movie. We know what it's done to us. I'm 54 years old. I say enough of it. We'll be fine. Just like Frederick Douglass said uh, uh, in the 1800s, give the Negro equal opportunity and leave him alone. If he falls, let him fall. Now, if somebody said that today, they'd be in big trouble. See, I think that as, as a white privileged person, I don't get to make those decisions necessarily. But until the offices and until the schools and until everything else has the same makeup of whoever and people aren't treated fairly. And I know that this has been 
discussed ad nauseum until like black people aren't getting pulled over by the cops for no reason that, that I think that, um, I think that our country does have a long way to go. And I know that a lot of people will be fine, but a lot of people may not have the chance to be fine because of Wait. being dead <laughs> or various other things. So I, I, I think that. Khalid, your reaction to Melissa? Well, I'll say this. I, I always ask people if now, if not now, when? Uh, I've been all over working in various communities luckily the last several years, talking to thousands of people. And I can tell you every community I go in, people claim they get pulled over by the cops for no reason. I think when, you, when you're looking at an issue like that, as opposed to what we're talking about now with race-based policies, whether or not they're e they even are needed or whether they make sense or whether or not people believe that white people are the source of all opportunity, that I can get opportunity from nowhere else but a white person then yes, let's keep these policies in place because white people control all the opportunity and I'm impossibly uh, uh, chained to getting no opportunity from a white institution because nobody can think clearly on race. Let's just stop with this and demand that we respect people on their abilities, respect them as human beings, and not think that we're going to keep needing these policies, which are nothing more than crippling. And I've seen what they've done in my community. So with respect to anyone's opinion, I, I respect everyone's opinion here. If not now, when? Well, I mean, with, with, with all due respect, with, with, with Khalid, I, I disagree with you. I, I, I'm a big fan of, of Frederick Douglass, you know, and I, I pride myself on being a radical Republican. However, I, I disagree with you. I think that uh, if, you, if you let the Negro community, if you let the Black community fall or just let us fall, America essentially will fall because we built this country. We've survived off this. Uh, the, the white, you know, white white people have survived off of our work and our dedication to this and our love and our, our, our commitment to this country. I'm more in, concerned about performance because I know a lot of people who who are at Harvard right now and they're struggling to pay their bills and they got in there because of affirmative action. So I'm more concerned with revising these policies to make sure that not only are students capable grade-wise, but they're capable of performing uh, while they're there so that they're not graduating depressed or suicidal or, or those things while they're there. We need to really revise these policies. Leilani, what's your reaction to this? Um, I've always been sort of against affirmative action. It came out right before I started applying to colleges, and I've always sort of been torn. I, I don't want to be admitted into a university based off of me being Black or Mexican, because um, I'm actually both. So I've always been torn, and I was glad to hear when they did away with affirmative action, finally, after all these years. And if I had a kid... I want my child to go to a college based off of their intellect, not based off of skin color first. That's just not fair. And it is, I feel like it's racist. And I don't agree with David saying, I don't want my kid to go to all white school. It shouldn't be about race. It should be about wanting your child to compete with the best of the best, you know, to lift them up so that it brings up their, um, it brings up their competitiveness. Stephanie, is affirmative action racism? Obviously, um, it didn't affect me. I am white. I am from a pretty affluent area. I had access to all types of education. Um, I was also a teacher uh, in the projects of New York City. Um, and I've seen 
the resources that my students had versus the resources that I had as a child growing up. And those are completely different. Um, and while I was lucky enough, privileged enough to have a private education and go to the colleges that I wanted to and have tutors growing up. Uh, I know that that wasn't the case for my elementary school age students. And when they go to high school, I'm imagining that it's not the same for them either. Um, and I always thought of it, like I said, as leveling the playing field because a lot of people like me were given opportunities that a lot of people like them were not. Mini is affirmative action. Uh, needed is affirmative racism. What is it to you? So I do think that affirmative action is racism because, you know, people that benefit from affirmative action, they never know if it's them or because, you know, they got that special um, push to go ahead in life. And, you know, I think it's been so many years since affirmative action was implemented. I, I think it's run its course. So I think, you know, at this point, it the conversation really shouldn't be about um, affirmative action, but about socioeconomic um, status of students, because I feel like that's a better indicator than affirmative action, because affirmative action um, concentrates usually on minorities, whereas I feel that if you look at socioeconomic status, which um, I believe, who was it who mentioned it? Stephanie, um, I think that's a better indicator of who might need some help. Okay, should we stop doing it by race? Wayne, should we stop admitting people with with under racial considerations? I see this not as a binary thing. Um, it's it's not an all or nothing, uh, but when we talk about racism, what do we mean? And if we're talking about racism against black people, which is a popular way of putting it, yeah, that's wrong. But what about Asian students that are being denied access to schools because they have excellent scores? That's racism. In California years ago, we had the Baca decision about an older white person with excellent grades that want to go to medical school, but he couldn't go uh, because of quotas. That's racism, too. Racism can happen against any race. Your opinion is about affirmative action. Uh, I'm, glad it's, uh, I'm glad the Supreme Court came down with that decision last week. Very happy. It's about time. Um, it should be merit-based, not race-based. And that's, uh, to me, that's the, the, um, what makes America great. Mm -hmm. Stephanie, your reaction to Renzo? I just don't, I, I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion, but I don't really think it's fair to say that it's merit-based because not everyone is, you know, afforded the same education. Not everyone, uh, you know, the, the public schools that they're able to go to are created equally. We all know that. I mean, I, I lived in New York City for 15 years. I know the public school system there. The kids who live on the Upper East Side of the New York City get to go there for free to these, you know, top of the country schools and the people who went in my neighborhood where I was teaching because they lived in the projects, um, were not afforded, you know, the opportunities that kids in the same city as them were. So I don't think it's fair to say that it's merit-based when we're not all on the same playing field. We're just not. Like, I, I, I don't know how anyone could think otherwise, but uh, it's just, it's Khalid, not, it's not Khalid, equal. Khalid, you're nodding your head no. You're gonna break <laughs> the Zoom camera. You know, Why do you feel this way? 
because I, I think it's 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 fantasy to ever think we will quote be on the same playing field. First of all, I grew up in the inner city, two parents' homes. Father was an entrepreneur. Mom was a stay-at-home mom for a, for a little while. Two apple trees, pear tree. Grew up with kids down the street who went to private school. Uh, my neighborhood was very mixed in terms of income, uh, background, and everything else. Uh, LeBron James' agent is from my neighborhood, and he, and he probably makes more money than all of us will in the next 10 years. This playing field, I know a lot of rich kids who flunked out of college. So this whole level playing field, I know a lot of suburban kids who are mopping floors. Okay, My point is this playing field that we talk about, it's, 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 it's totally um, uh, naive to think there is a such thing in many cases, when in fact, you could be given all the privilege, you can go to the nicest schools, and you could still end up... Uh, you know, it, it locked up. And by the way, I know this because I worked in corrections. So I saw a lot of people who had more than I did locked up in that jail. So I don't like this whole materialistic view of privileged, unprivileged. I'm going to tell you something. I think I was very privileged. Even though I didn't grow up in a mansion, I, I grew up in a very decent neighborhood. So I want to look at the individual more instead of these arbitrary circumstances that we call privilege. David, they don't want this. They don't want the playing field lowered. You, I think, if I got it correctly, you don't share their point of view. No, I don't. Um, also, I mean, I think it's it's also. I know we're talking about race based, but I think it's a needed program for people like me who have disabilities. Um, so, I mean, there are level playing fields and there are unlevel playing fields in in different ways. Um, I think that uh, that we're also oversimplifying affirmative action. These guys in, in college on the college boards are not going, oh, she's black, so she's in. It, it's a totality of these people's stories, and their race is just one part of it. Um, so, and I mean, the, the military is the finest example of the longest affirmative action pro program that this country has had. And it's turned out greats like Colin Powell. Let me so jump when, in. When, when, I say, when, I, when, I hear, when I hear people say things like, um, I don't want to be, uh, you know, admitted into a, a higher institution of education because uh, because I'm black or Mexican. That that offends me, because my my question is: Have you ever been discriminated against because you are black or Mexican? Have you ever been pulled over late at night? And, and, and it's and, and that's the that's the root of affirmative action. Affirmative action is a response to institutionalized racism that existed to level the playing field for a generation. Supreme Court. Uh, opinions and rulings essentially are for generations, and those those things can be revised at a later at a, at a later time. So my question is: for those who think that affirmative action is so bad, uh, have you ever been discriminated because of the color of your skin? And most Rick. people who respond say absolutely not. Rick, yes, you're Latino, aren't you're Hispanic, aren't you? Correct. Okay, you just heard Derek's argument. He's offended by by people who say that. Um, uh, there is a discrimination now. Haven't well, you been? Why does everything have to be about race now? I mean, I don't look at people that way at all. I've never been discriminated. I know he's, I know Derek's not going to agree with that, but in my opinion, I've never been discriminated against. Okay. Through my upbringing, I've done through my hard, hard work. I grew up in the inner city. Okay. As well. Okay. My mom brought up 
eight of us by herself. We've all succeeded in life, going to public schools. And some of us went to college. I did, got a degree, not by my race. I did it on my own. I got my own school loans. I paid them off in full. I succeeded in life all because of my mom. But that brings me to today. Why does everything have to come about race? Race should never be a topic, ever. I see someone, I see Wayne, I see Becca, Alex, Jason, Dave, Frank, all Americans in the end. Well, just race should never come to be a factor to decide to let someone into the school because that would offend me if I got into a college in the end because of my race. Melissa. That's total offensive to me. Offensive. Sorry. I just know, like, I've never been, no one has ever called the police on me for walking down the street and said that there was a sketchy person walking down the street. Like, I've even walked around in hoodies in the cold in the middle of the night, three in the morning. No one has ever called the cops on me. Somebody on in my town just a few weeks ago had the cops called on them because they were sketchy looking in the middle of the day on a Sunday when we had somebody just like walking down the street and going to look at some free stuff in front of someone's house. So um, you can't say we don't see that stuff because we all it's all part of us. Like we're all like white, black, whatever it is. We just it's a fact like you can't say that you don't see that you have to see that. It's just, you know, you might. I don't. Just because you don't see it, uh, Rick doesn't mean yeah. that it doesn't exist. <laughs> exactly. And then, and then, here's, I never said it. Here, here's, here's as a black man, as a black man, I find it very uh, sketchy for uh, somebody from the Hispanic community to say, "Oh, I grew up and my mother raised eight, my mother raised eight uh, six children too. My mother was a single in a single parent home. My, my my father was around, but he was not. You know, he wasn't he wasn't in there. But that's those those are those are just you know casualties of, of of existing. But you are the beneficiary of those who were discriminated against because of their race. The reason why you're not going through the sting of being bit by dogs or holes down in the street or being hung and lynched is because of black people." When you quote when you quote Frederick Douglass, it's powerful, it's profound. But Martin Luther King also said that history will judge us not by those who did us wrong, but also by those who stood by the sidelines and watched. So your assumption that don't hurt me or don't help me if a, if a, if a black man falls, uh, I'm not comfortable using the N word, but if a, if a black man falls, let him fall and let him. But what if somebody stuck their leg out and okay. tripped him up? You 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 you're taking this way too far. We talked about too big to you, fail. No, those are your those are your big. words. I'm no, just no, 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 qualifying them. I, I think I think I think I'm not talking about someone being intentionally tripped up by someone. I'm saying you fail or succeed on your own. But doesn't the That's system intentionally about. trip up those? Thank who don't you, Becca. Have. Exactly. Okay. There isn't, is that. You know like those who don't even have the money to apply to these schools okay. aren't even being represented in the lawsuit. Well, well listen, in or life, they they let me just say this. That's a lot of money in, for people. In life, in life, and we're talking about a general sense of people, you fail and succeed by and large, on your own merits and decisions. Frank, we talk about merit systems like legacy programs or getting into school about because your parents donate a lot of money or because you're good at athletics. None of those have to do with educational merits, but I don't hear anybody complaining about that. And there's and diversity should. of all different things. So there should be financial diversity, racial diversity, all these, and affirmative action is one of the things that guarantees that.
just about every politician has weighed in on the Supreme Court decision, some in favor and some opposed. We picked out three that were particularly relevant. We'll show them to you, and then we'll get the reaction of the American people. I want you to react to some of America's leaders talking about this Supreme Court decision. Don't react to their politics, just react to what they have to say. The court has effectively ended affirmative action in college admissions. And I strongly, strongly disagree with the court's decision. Because affirmative action is so misunderstood, I want to be clear, make sure everybody's clear about what the law has been and what it has not been until today. Many people wrongly believe that affirmative action allows unqualified students, unqualified students to be admitted ahead of qualified students. This is not, this is not how college admissions work. Rather, colleges set out standards for admission, and every student, every student has to meet those standards. Then and only then, after first meeting the qualifications required by the school, do colleges look at other factors in addition to their grades, such as race. Okay. That's, that's the case that President Biden and those who support affirmative action have making. Minnie, your reaction to what the president said? Well, I understand where the president is coming from, but I think, you know, the time for affirmative action is over um, because one of the things the Supreme Court said was that when they when you practice affirmative action, it's at like it's not really fair to all minorities. So I think it's really better to go to a merit based system. Uh, versus using affirmative action because just because 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 it is demeaning I think to people who benefit from affirmative action because they don't know that they receive their place in a university or college because of their merit because they'll they'll always wonder oh was it because of affirmative action so I feel that the the time has just passed. I mean, you know, when it first began, it was needed and necessary. And I realize that we don't live in a fair world, but I just think that affirmative action doesn't make it any fairer, in my opinion. Amy? Yeah, I agree with that. I don't I don't think this is necessarily making anything more fair for, for anyone. Um, <laughs> I live in South Carolina now, but I grew up in Chicago. And I remember when I lived there, uh, the Chicago Symphony Orchestra, the way they auditioned players is they came in behind a screen. The judges never saw the person. They came in, they played their piece, whatever the judges selected. And at the end of the day, whether it was three or 30, they said, we liked number seven and we liked number 14. Mm -hmm. it, it, whoever it ended, ended up being, they, they picked them based on their skill level, not what they looked like or what, or how expensive of a horn they had, because you can hear how expensive of a horn of an instrument someone is playing on. So it it's kind not of true. Goes not true. I'm a musician. That's not true. You're a good musician. You can sound good. That's always an excuse. Wow. <laughs> um, and then the other thing is, you know, I think a rising tide raises all boats. So if, if we try to set something aside for one group versus another group, um, it, even though we might think that it's helping one group, if it's hindering another, I don't think that that's worth it in the end. Look, Joe Biden is full of, full of shit. 
All right. What he was doing was sensationalizing the, the court's decision and pretty much was trying to romanticize liberals attempt to make America great again. And the, the, the issue with, with, with affirmative action has has not been uh, what, what he described. It's been more so people have been getting admitted who were disqualified. They get in there. They can't they can't perform. They can't keep up with their coursework. They can't afford the college. And they get, you know, they, they become disgruntled at the institution because they didn't they weren't able to perform. You you you, you build all these 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 kids up to you're going to Harvard. You're going to Yale at a very young age. And then they get there and they can't even perform. So what I'm you know, sensationalizing what he describes as, you know, uh, an apology for affirmative actions, ineffective, uh, you know, it's ineffective, it's ineffective, and he knows it. And he could not even give us a, a straight answer without admitting that race is one of the major factors in, in, in decisions. And colleges are also doing it because they're fear, they fear litigation. So it's, it, 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 and to prevent litigation, they will admit some people, they will admit some blacks or some some, some brown folk just to prevent the uh, the, the idea or the, the, the PR, bad PR that they did not do it for that particular class. So th there is some hanky-panky in, in, in the president's, uh, uh, you know, romanticizing what affirmative action has been over the last 50, 60 years. These focus groups always include every point of view. So let's hear what Republicans have to say about affirmative action, and then I want to know what you all think. And this week, those justices ruled to move our country forward with a merit-based system of education. How big is that? Isn't that big? Isn't that great? In other words, if you're a worker and you worked very hard in school, you got fantastic marks, somebody that hasn't done nearly as well, who perhaps has not worked nearly as hard, will not be taking your place on a school, college, or at a university. They're not going to be. We're going by merit. We're back to the old merit system that built our country. That was a big one. <laughs> okay. Don't react to Donald Trump. React to what he had to say. I don't so think I, the merit system built our country. I think slavery I, built our country and people who benefited from it rather than this meritocracy or this like notion that people with who merit it. It's the people who are wealthy, who can afford access to tutors and access to better schools, access to better libraries that are going to persevere rather than those who don't have those resources. And he absolutely did not get into where he got into because of merit. Pretty sure everyone knows that. And if you Trump look at the crowd, day in his life. yeah. If you if you look at the crowd behind him, there's one black person, all white people, and I'm pretty sure that black person was dragged there. So I mean, well, wait a minute, wait, wait. I find now that that yeah. to me is is ignorant and insulting. Right. With respect yeah. to you. Right. I, listen, I am a Republican. I'm sure there are many Republicans who are black. No one drags us anywhere. We actually have a brain, and we can actually think for ourselves. I, I, made, I, made a, I made a decision to be a Republican about 15 years ago. I didn't do it at gunpoint. I didn't do it at threat of to physical harm. I know thousands of, or hundreds of Black people around the country who are Republicans and they made a decision. They may not have started out that way, but through their own uh, study, through their own education, through their own conscience and heart, they decided to support the Republican Party. Uh, it is not our genetic makeup and birthright to be a, a, a liberal Democrat. So I'm I, I apologize. I yeah. apologize in advance. I, I yeah. apologize because 
I completely. But it's typical of people on the I, left I, who think this. I understand. I, I accept your apology. But no, I want to no, say, I wanna it's, say it's, the, the one thing I went away from. I went away from thinking about the statement and the side and actually thinking about the person who was doing the speaking. And I shouldn't have done that. And I, I that is why I said that. And I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry. Thank you. I appreciate it. But so I can I comment on the statement for a we minute? We don't think for ourselves. And I think Be we all yes, are intelligent enough to make our own decision. Thank you. Right. Thank you. And, and Donald Trump is responsible for, for, for recruiting yeah. over one point million million black people into the Republican Party, unlike Joe Biden, who said that if you're black, if you're black and not voted for him, you're not black. And if you want certain people in your school, give them scholarships, give them tuition, mm -hmm. give the poor kids from Appalachia tuition, give inner city kids, a give, give them tuition, if you if you will, you can affect diversity at your school with your $40 billion, if you really were serious about it. And the legacy people are politicians, whose kids go to these schools, you don't you won't ever see them stand up while one side of their mouth they're speaking about uh, an unlevel playing field, but the other side of their mouth will never say, well, you know what, we should do away with these legacy programs because they benefited from it, so they'll never talk about it. That's that's the main problem I have with these big schools. Billions of dollars, uh, they could affect any kind of diversity they want without doing race-based hiring. I wanna ask, I, I you just raised, uh, Khalid, you just, when asked a question that I did not plan on, and I'm going to be really curious for the answer, I'm appointing all of you as admissions directors for whatever university you love the most. You have two students. One of them is an African-American female, middle class, from a suburban area of the Northeast. Parents both went to college. They don't have much excess money, but they're middle-class and she wants to go to the school of her choice. The other student is male from the most rural part of Kentucky. None of his family has gone to college before. They simply could never afford it. He'd be the first person ever, white. Who should get that slot? They both have the same scores. They both have the same recommendations. They both have the same activities and the same grade point average. Do you put the middle-class African-American woman into that into your university or do you put the poor white male into your university? You have to choose. How many of you choose the poor white male? Raise your hands. How many of you choose the middle-class African-American woman? Raise your hands. Okay, I wanna know why. And I'm gonna start with those who choose her first, Abdul, then Dave, and then Derek. So the, the, this is uh, really relevant to me because this is what I do, Frank. I, I actually am a program director for an allied health program. So I do this, I interview all the time. And the one thing I learned is something I think Derek alluded to earlier on in the conversation. Uh, my, my main rationale would, there would be uh, simply the chances of success are much greater for that individual with her background uh, than they would be for that. So, and, and, I, and I'm almost disagreeing with myself or, or contradicting myself in terms of affirmative action. I, I chose, yes, I chose the uh, middle-class black woman because they have people of, uh, color and female at the university in question that I'm thinking of have less representation. 
so I want more diversity at that school, and uh, I believe that would be a positive step towards it. And so you have no problem choosing somebody who economically is not disadvantaged. So you're choosing her actually because of her race. In this case, if it's everything else is completely equal, uh, yes. Because? Again, because of, of representation. There are less black females at the university I'm thinking of than there are white men, regardless of economic condition. Milani, your reaction? I was leaning towards the um, rural area of Kentucky before I heard, I wasn't basing it on gender or race. Um, and I lean towards this young guy because I feel like he has something more to prove. I feel like he would probably appreciate it more, work harder mm -hmm. than the mm -hmm. other person. Yep. Khalid? So uh, I find it interesting that the people who seem to pity Black people for not having, quote, resources, uh, still favor black people when they do have resources and someone white doesn't. That's what I find interesting. Um, so here's here's what I, I say. don't think it's about pity. It, it, it's about re well, redressing past wrongs. Well, you're basing it on what? You don't know this girl's background. You don't know whether her family has been wealthy for a very long time. There are black people who have been wealthy. I for know a that, it, that, that, that unless she's an immigrant, she's a she comes from slavery. I'm sorry. I unless know that, it, an that unless she's an, a, a recent immigrant, she, she comes from a history of slavery. Oh, wow. No, that's, that's Interesting. Um, well, I'll say this. Um, Denzel Washington's son uh, got a scholarship to play football. I forget what school. And Denzel told the admissions people, he said, look, you know, we have a few dollars. We, we can take care of him. You can give that scholarship to someone else. And the, the admissions person said, well, with respect to you, Mr. Washington, this isn't about you. This is about what your son has earned on his own. And I thought that was very profound because if his parents just paid his way, yeah, they could have done it. But the, the admissions person said he's earned this scholarship. This is his. So we're, we're awarding it to him. And he, he thought about it and said, you know what, you're right. And I think that if you want to look at these two individual students, uh, all of us don't come from slavery, sir, whether we are immigrants or not. So this is what I mean about this liberal view of black people, which 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 I find it nauseating that we are we are all from very different backgrounds. You'd be shocked. Half of my family comes well, from. Well, that's well, that's what I said. I said not. unless you're a recent immigrant, you are a, a descendant of, and, of the slave system. And, and I'm telling you, that's not true. That is not true. It is true. It's history. It's fact. No, oh, it's, it's not. True. It's <laughs> not. It's not. True. I, I would like I, to. I would, I just want to put for the record, you know, black history better than most of us who've lived it. Uh, I'm telling you, that is not true. That is not true. Mm -hmm. Some of us do and some of us don't. That is just a fact. No one has one background in one group. We all have different backgrounds. Some of us come from slavery. Well, Half of my family do, does. And my father's side oh, does not. Is it, is it? So this is what I find to be nauseating. You, you look at these two individuals. Well, your father's side is probably re recent immigrants. No, they're not. <laughs> Yeah, 1874. Uh, That's how recent. So you, so you know for a fact that none of your father's ancestors were slaves. I, 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 I know for a fact that's the case. 
Go, 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 Derek. I'm sorry. Go ahead. All right. So, so no, so, so I think, you know, we're reading too much into the question. Very simple. To me, it's a very simple equation. First of all, you have an African-American, you have a, you have a black uh, female that her, both her parents are graduates of college. Uh, uh, both of her parents work to be in the middle class so that her child, their children can have a legacy and have a pathway to success. And uh, her grades are, are exceptional. They have, they have the same grades and um, the chances of her performing well along with her grades that she's bringing into the institution, as well as, you know, she's female, as well as she's black. It, 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 it does add to the numbers and the value of the institution. Uh, the, the, the white student, white students deserve to be in, white poor students from Kentucky deserve to be admitted into higher education in this country, especially with those, those types of, of grades. Uh, but Kentucky could definitely use uh, somebody with those types of acumen to stay in the state and go to some of their wonderful uh, institutions right there. Um, a couple of things I think about that, first of all, I think a lot of the Asian applicants that were the root of this case would make your exact argument that we have worked hard and we deserve to, to go into the school of our choice and we shouldn't be shuttled aside to a different school that might not be our choice just because somebody else wants a, a spot at that particular school. Um, one thing though that, I, that I've noticed, I think is amongst all of us, um, we've highlighted on socioeconomic um, ability. And so maybe that's what schools need to focus on more than the color of the skin. Um, I picked the, the, the man from Kentucky, um, not because of race or gender, but because he didn't have a background. And so since college education can be a generational change in a family, I think it would make more of an impact on his family and of course his descendants if he was able to get into a good school. It doesn't matter what school you're talking about, whether you're talking a local school or one of the Ivy Leagues. Um, whereas the young woman, she already has some advantages because like you said, she, she's a generational and that's nothing bad. It's not reflective poorly on her that her parents worked hard to get to where they are to give her those advantages. Jason. Yeah, you know, I think um, I voted for the, the lower income um, male as well. And I think, you know, we think about what's the purpose of affirmative action? Historically, I think it's about raising up sort of disadvantaged applicants to give them additional opportunity. And I think maybe what the court is forcing here is potentially to, to create a next iteration that does focus on socioeconomic status and more of that historical lens um, to be able to provide those opportunities, even if it's not specifically looking at skin color or something like that. Well, Julie, I think this is a good day for America, honestly. This is the day where we understand that being judged by the content of our character, not the color of our skin, is what our Constitution wants. We are continuing to work on forming this more perfect union. Today is better than yesterday. This year better than last year. This decade better than last decade. The progress that we're seeing in this nation is palpable. That's good news for every single corridor of this nation and one that we should celebrate. I thank God Almighty that America continues to work towards that concept of a more perfect union. Okay, I want three of you to respond to it. Angela, how would how what's your reaction to what Senator Scott had to say? I, I agree with what with what he said. 
Um, I was in the Marine Corps and it was 100% merit-based. And if you couldn't cut the mustard, everyone could see it. So that would make you raise your standard so I can do more push-ups or I can walk farther than one of these walks or runs. And it helped make me a, a stronger person, better person uh, after I got out of the military. So I, he's always right about that. Um, makes that's everything, you know, that's not true at all. The, the, the military is the most entrenched affirmative action system that we have. This Why you say true. that? It's 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 known. I mean, it, it's out right there. Everyone knows it. Have you okay, been I was in the Marine they, Corps. They, they the boast Marine about Corps. it. They boast you've got the mustard or you don't cuss the mustard. That's Colin Powell has talked about it. I mean, it's it's everyone knows that. It's historically oh. known. It's okay. used as a prototype for what all affirmative action should be like. It's it's always waved as that. So you're mistaken. No, you're mistaken. Did you serve in the military? My dad did. Did you serve in the military? No, I'm disabled. Oh, okay. But I'm educated and I read. Okay. Well, I've, I've run behind other men five miles, running with 50 packs on, doing push-ups and stuff. And no one cares if there's a black female. Well, affirmative action yeah. is merit-based, too. It's merit-based, too. It's just making sure it's, it's, it's diverse. It's, it's like I said earlier. You don't just get into college because you're black. They, they look at the merits, and then they make sure it's... It's diverse. So sure, everyone in the Marine has to do certain amount of push-ups. But as far as getting promotions and things like that, it's affirmative action. It's that's it's not on the package. When you put your package in for promotion, it's not on the that's not one of the boxes that's checked at all. It well, really people, is. It might not be one of the boxes. It's talked about people, all the time about, two eyes to see about who the color you are. Gold standard of affirmative action. Your package goes up digitally to the promotion board. No one sees. Okay. So, so, but, 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 but Senator when Scott, we do the stop. When we do the military debate, I'll invite both of you on to do it. Becca, your reaction. Um, I think that he spoke about us going towards a more perfect union and that progress is palpable. I haven't felt that progress in my own life or in my own environment. And it hasn't felt like that's been my experience. So he's a little bit more optimistic than I am. Minnie, you weren't born here. When Senator Scott talks about trying to achieve a more perfect union, your reaction? I think he had good intentions, but I didn't, you know, I, I didn't really, like, I, I didn't really believe him. Um, I mean, I mean, I was kind of sad that the Republicans were on the same page as me, like, you know, about abolishing affirmative action, but I think the reasoning was different. So I do think, you know, when you brought up the case of the two candidates to a school, I mean, I wanted to vote for the one, the female candidate, but I felt that the male candidate needed um, the leg up to the school. So I, I do feel that, um, you know, I guess affirmative action is not as cut and dried as I would like to think it is. You, you said something. You were sad that you have the same point of view as the Republicans? Yes, I was very sad and depressed about that. Wow. <laughs> Tell me why. Well, I mean, you know, usually I I don't really, um, you know, approve of of their viewpoints and, you know, 
like when I listened to Donald Trump, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm I'm feeling I, I kind of know what he's saying. I and and I just felt very sad about that, that, you know, I I was like, like, like he said something that I could approve of that was just very unpleasant, to be honest. Anyone want to respond to that? Yes, I do. Yeah, Fra Frank, I'll like respond. Can I respond? Can I respond? I think, you know, you go back 60 years to 1953, things have gotten a lot better. I mean, we're not living in the 50s anymore. So when Senator Scott said that we're moving towards a more perfect union and somebody made the comment, no, it's not perfect, but it's a whole heck of a lot better than it's been over the last 60 years. I think we're moving in the right direction. We may not be moving as fast as people might want to move or in an equitable way, but we are moving in the right direction. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons we're moving in the right direction is we've had affirmative action. Yeah, and I agree. Well, uh, the case, uh, and now I we're agree. going to take it away because I guess it's good enough. No more, Listen. too much. Well, that too was a step. That was a step to moving in the right direction. As many people have said it's, we might want to sunset it. I like to say like an 80-20 rule, like we we have still some form of affirmative action, but not total uh, as it's been. If everyone is even honest about affirmative action, we know that white women have benefited probably more than anybody over the last 40 years from it. And I think what, what has happened is I do believe I do believe that there's a lot of people uh, in this society, thankfully, who are out there seeking out people for a variety of reasons. Some people are really sincere in wanting to help other people. That there, there are coaches out there who break their neck to get every kid in college if they can play just a little bit of football because they're trying to get kids somewhere in some school. I don't care if it's division one, two, or three. There are lots of people out there trying to give their fellow citizens a leg up. I think some people who have such a negative view of people in society, this might as well be 1923 because there are lots of people who still have this viewpoint. And I'm sorry, they're mostly white liberals who think that most of their fellow white citizens are still virtual Klansmen who uh, work every day and night to keep black people out of college and out of a job. But if you look at the progress of this country, we have we had about 1,500 black politicians nationally in 1970. Now we have upwards of about 10,000 at any given time. That was It doesn't coincide with the end of the civil rights movement. And if you look at Illinois, there was a magazine article in 2018, they were bragging about them being the black political mecca and how they have all the levers of power in Illinois. Governors, uh, the lieutenant governor, mayor, legislators, aldermen, senators, producing the first black president, blah, blah, blah. They're bragging about it. So that told me, well, wait a minute. If it's still failing, then who's responsible? If you're boasting about you have all the levers of power. I think that we have come a quite a long way. I don't think we'll ever be as idealistic as some people want us to be. But I think right now at this particular time, if people are worth their salt, they can succeed uh, in life, they can get into a college if they want, and they can make something out of themselves. And I don't think, again, this is 1923, where people have a, a foot on their neck. I think this this room right here that we're talking in proves that. I think Kaliji made my point. Things have gotten better. And I agree with you, Dave, that affirmative action has been part of that. But we are better off now than we were 60, 70 years ago. That's that's a fact. And, and yeah. I believe you made a good point. When we look at the number of Black politicians today. We didn't have that back in the South. We didn't have Black governors and Black mayors and Black congressmen and senators. We do have that today. So we are moving in the right direction. Yes, we are. Uh, it's a question of how we're going to equate this going forward.
well, I'm going to jump in here, but Senator Scott said it resonates with me as a Republican. Once again, hard work pays off. That in this country, that you are rewarded by merit, and that if you work hard, you can get somewhere in this country. It may not be one of the Ivy Leagues, but you can get somewhere in this country if you put, if you perform well and you apply yourself. This is now a moment where the court has not fully understand the importance of equal opportunity for the people of our country. And it is in so very many ways a denial of opportunity. And the, the, it is a complete misnomer to suggest this is about colorblind, when in fact it is about being blind to history being blind to data, being blind to empirical evidence about disparities, being blind to the strength that diversity brings to classrooms, right. to boardrooms. Right. Diversity is fine, absolutely. But people make a decision every day to go to a college that's not diverse. For instance, I went to Tuskegee University in the 80s. There was two white people on campus when I got there. Second semester, there was one, and he was my roommate. For the next three years, he was the only white guy on campus. Now they've started to recruit white athletes. I think Jackson State's entire golf team is white. Grambling State has white football players. Hispanics are now being led into black universities now. Well, they have been over the past decade or so. Schools will diversify on their own. And I don't think that the government, once they start getting involved in this issue, just like everything else, they'll make a mess of it. I think that this whole dramatic speech she just gave about people not getting opportunity and not getting this and that, I'm sorry, these people want to keep us in a 1950s mentality and this, I don't care how many speeches they give and how much they seem to cry on stage, we're not there. Right. The three immigrants here, I want to hear from the three immigrants, Abdul. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm on this one. I am with Khaled actually. Uh, I, I think her words, a lot of platitudes, a lot of words, but they don't inspire too much confidence. I, I didn't really agree with the. I, I don't even know what she said to be honest. <laughs> what she really meant, as she was just kind of speaking around. Uh, and this is coming coming from somebody who was very loquacious himself. Um, oh come on, she had on a nice suit. Yeah, from okay, thank you. From a, from an immigrant's mentality, Frank, you're exactly right. We are kind of the poster children for anti-affirmative action, because we come in here, my father was a high school dropout, my brother's a physician, uh, my cousins, everybody in the family is a physician besides me, they all went to private schools because you can't get into state schools. Uh, if you're an international student, they, they're allocated for state because they're state funded. Um, so we understand that, but but I, I can't also be oblivious, naive or ignorant, especially to one minority again. And on this one, I think Khaled and I are gonna be on, we have a lot of polarity on this. I, mm -hmm. I just can't uh, understand um, how we ignore what's been going on. And I've been in the room. Uh, I, I kind of grew up in the Carolinas where I went to college. Um, and I've heard, I've heard white people speak in a manner that is just not, it's almost inhumane thinking that because I'm not black, that they could speak of black people that way. And I know, and I know they, they have their finger on, on the weighing scale when it comes to decisions like admissions. So for affirmative action, I'm probably leaning towards, yeah, it's not, we're not there yet. I think to, to the no more perfect union, to, to Derek's point, to Wayne's point, we are getting there. And, and probably the key thing is you're right. It is generational. I think today's folks have spoken that maybe we do need to move on. Um, but 
do do Kamala Harris. I, I'm not sure what she was talking about, to be honest. Alec. Yeah. Um, my reaction, Frank, uh, is um, I, I agree with her because she more or less said what Tim Scott said, that the changes are coming, you know, and, and I just believe people are being impatient. Um, I believe uh, we have to give time uh, and be patient about the laws because any time a law is approved, it takes many years uh, for us, the people, to see the effects of the law and all that. So I do agree with her and I do agree with uh, Tim Scott. About, about changes coming, but it's just, way, going, it's just going slow. This is the first time that anyone has agreed with Vice President Harris. <laughs> oh, no, no, I, I, I don't like her. I, no, no, there are many, many things that I don't like about Biden because I, I support Trump. So I, I cannot stand Biden or Harris, but the, not everything that they say is wrong, you know? And so even though I disagree with most of the things, but with what she just said, I do agree. Renzo, your reaction to Vice President Harris? Uh, see, her, she, she's thinking it's all race now. It's all racial. That, that's a wrong approach. I don't, I don't agree with her. Uh, I, I agree wholeheartedly with, with Tim Scott. He, you know, this country is, is always aspiring to be better, to be, to be almost as perfect as possible. Nothing's perfect. No one's perfect. It's, we're striving to be. And that's what the Supreme Court decision did. Uh, and uh, just like it did last year with the Dobbs versus Jackson, we're striving to be better. We're striving because things in the past are not working, so we're striving to be better. So, uh, no, I did not agree with her, not at all. She made it all okay. racial. That's what's wrong uh -huh. with America. Khalid, last word. Um, I just well, what I've learned is I think that. There are people who need to examine their own sense of self-righteousness when it comes to, quote, helping us minorities. Um, I think that uh, I've seen a little bit of that here disappointingly. But I'll say that when it comes to these policies that so many liberals think help Black people, uh, they don't. Because I'm going to tell you something. We have had our struggles in this country. I think in times past, we've done so much with much, much less and any much less anyone who knows our history know that we accomplished a great deal with much less now people are tripping over themselves uh, almost to a fault to quote help out minorities and i think that the bottom line is this we have opportunity here to do a lot of this country people who've just got here six years ago or whether you've been here 20 years we have a lot of opportunity in this country, and so much of that is not talked about. What is talked about is how racist somebody is and how much some people can't succeed because of racism, racism, racism all day. And I'm going to tell you something, being black, and I don't know if Derek's heard this as well, we internalize what we hear from certain people. I was never told I couldn't do things because of color of my skin. And when I read Booker T. Washington and Frederick Douglass and all this history we have, they never pitied black people in spite of what we were going through. We seem to be more pitied now than we even were in the, in the 20s and 30s. If you read Booker T's speeches to his students, there was none of the victimization that you hear now directed at his students then in 1900. I'm reading a book of his from 1900. I'm saying this, this policy that so many people think helps us, it does not help us. And pity does not help us. Affirmative action, race-based policies, whether it is, serves as a lid on someone's success or whether it's a, a, a tailwind, needs to go away. And that's just my personal opinion. I think that we are more than capable of straightening out this issue without some fake 
government policy, which is in place only to make certain people feel good about themselves. The conversation about affirmative action is highly emotional because the topic is highly personal. The Supreme Court may have had its say, but the debate will undoubtedly go on. And thanks to America Speaks, you'll get to hear all of it. I'm Dr. Frank Luntz. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful day.